0: This is totally not dancing and you're listening to The Shred Shack.
1: Greetings folks, I'm Dan Mack. And this is Chris Mack. Welcoming you to episode 92 of The Shred Shack Podcast, your premier source of news and uninformed yet heavily biased opinions pertaining to all things heavy metal. Episode 92 92 Shit every, every single time We do a new episode I'm gonna be like Man We've been doing this For a long ass time We're getting old we're getting old Airing weekly Bi-weekly Tri-weekly Whenever yeah. we get a chance Whenever it comes around uh, On come iTunes on, uh... Mixcloud Google Play As well as on YouTube At YouTube.com Slash The and youtube And YouTube.com Slash Adam Templum Let's get started With some old business I still don't think I've added the old business clip yet Oh you're horrible Oh wait I did No Old business is old
2: business, and new business is new business. But we don't need it. Who cares? And this is new business, and we do not discuss new business until next quarter.
1: Things never change. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, so with new business, we start talking about new album releases of which we have listened to none. But we do have a message
2: from our good friend Pete Grabowski. Oh, yes. And Mr. Grabowski says... um. He would like everyone to listen to the new Visigoth album. It's called "Conqueror's Oath." He says it's like the sword crossed with Grand Magus. So if you don't like it, go fuck yourself.
1: Yeah, and your response was,
2: (laughs) "Dude, the sword crossed with Grand Magus does not does that not sound good?" That sounds beautiful. That sounds pretty fucking amazing. It it sounds. I
1: I can I can go for a band that's as groovy as the sword with with. JB on vocals. Yeah, so. yeah.
2: And the fact of the matter is that I actually did go back and listen to some Graham Magus like two weeks ago and it's like, yeah, I can definitely go for a new Graham Magus record.
1: I need to go further back in the catalog because um, I think they totally have eight albums and I actually bought the one that they released before um, Triumph and Power. Uh-huh. Um, and it's... Equally as fucking good. Like they're they just like I, I'm hoping as I go further and further back, I just realize that they are a consistently good band. And then we can add them to the list. Yeah, they just made the list. Yes, <laughs> bands that have just been kind of consistently very, very fucking good. Like uh, I don't know, Iced Earth. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, since since we're ta- not talking about new album releases after after Pete's one uh, suggestion there, let's talk about what else we've been listening to this week, which I think we're both on point with. Listening to Iced Earth. Yes. Uh, for those who have kept up with our Facebook page, we are now doing uh, monthly votes for what band we're going to do our 10-word reviews on. And I think basically on a vote, like, you know, two-thirds of our vote voted for Iced Earth. Yeah. Um, which
2: I'm very happy about. Me because- too. You gave me an excuse to go and listen to some Iced Earth. Not that I really needed one, no. but...
1: It kind of forced a hand, and God. So, damn. What, what parts of the catalog did you listen to to get yourself prepared for this?
2: Well, I started with my the old favorites, Something Wicked, Horror Show. Mm-hmm. Um, it also depended which iPod I was listening to at the same at the time, because I have my old one, which has just about everything up until uh, Gloria's Burden, okay. and then my newer iPod has all the latter
1: stuff. Okay. So everything with uh, Stu Block. Um, speaking of that I need a copy of uh, Incorruptible so
2: remind me next time I come come here and I'll bring bring it mm-hmm. uh, but anyway so I, I at the gym I I had my old iPod so it's you know it was harsh. it was something wicked horror show mm-hmm. it's a dark saga nicer storm rider all those the only one I'm, I haven't listened to yet is self titled mm-hmm. um, and then driving in my car it's all the latter day stuff. Okay. So
1: Plagues Babylon and, uh, Dystopia and Incorruptible. So, okay. For me, I, I tend to start, you know, I do consecutive for the most part. So, started with debut into, into Night of the Storm Rider, into Burnt Off Rigs, which I had to listen to twice because I kind of missed the first time I listened to it, uh, into the Dark Saga, and then this morning was listening to, um, something Wicked This Way Comes. Mm-hmm. Um, Kind of some in between there, some flashes of horror show. Um I never take I never pass up an opportunity to listen to Dracula. It's one of my favorite ice earth songs. Um Glorious Burden from time to time because Gettysburg is an absolute epic. It's a beautiful song. The absolute like pinnacle of power metal. (laughs) It's it's a conceptual power metal. it's It's a it's a wonderful track. Um some bits and pieces, like I'm still not as familiar with Something Wicked One and Two as I would like to be. That um, that's
2: of the of the Liar Day stuff that tends to like Something Wicked One is like one of my favorite records of Liar Day Iced Earth because mm-hmm. when we, when I first hit, I mean you were in my apartment in Queens when yeah. that when I was out and that was like the go to album. As soon as I walked in the door, took off my pants, put on Iced Earth, Something Wicked One.
1: Now, exactly in that order. Exactly. Took off my pants, walked in the house, <laughs> turned on ice earth. No, it was walk in the house, <laughs> take off my pants, not necessarily with the
2: door closed, but take off my pants, turn on ice earth, because it that, was right
1: inside the door. That was really fucking quick then, because your door slammed. It yeah, like, was well, like, phew, that's, rip. I, well, if, well, you remember how hot that apartment was in yeah. February, yeah. so... You know, yeah, because they're it like had to be fast. It's like you can't open your windows in February. It has to be at a solid seventy-two at all times. I'm like you could suck my dick. It's like, <laughs> it's like a solid eighty in that apartment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was it was hot for like, And we had no control over the thermostat whatsoever. I, think I eventually found a way to do it.
2: What turning off the steam? No, I had to open the windows. <laughs> <laughs> told them to suck like it. I, I think I turned I think I turned my AC on <laughs> during the winter time.
1: I think I may have done that at like either like the very early parts or the very uh, oh, end of it. Brutal. But um. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't think I've given those two albums enough attention at this point. Same thing with Plagues of Babylon. I have not given mm, that. That's enough. a shame. Um, which I'm going to before we get to this because I actually have to listen to it and have words to say, ten words at least, or at most. <laughs> um, but I, I haven't listened as much to the original two albums. You know, the self-titled and Night of the Storm Rider. Um, and for some reason, I was always under the impression that they had like a, a vocalist that were drastically different than Barlow. Like Barlow was like this breath of fresh air, but you can hear elements of what Matt Barlow brought to the band in their in the two original singers. Well, I never liked the original singer from on on Iced Earth. Never really. That's why I'm like I was
2: kind of reluctant to to get into it. He's kind of like. Haldiano a little bit of Iced Earth.
1: It's, but like, it's still, like, he's not bad, though.
0: Like,
2: Well, again, I, I haven't listened to the self-titled in a long time because mm-hmm. of that, so going back with a fresh pair of ears, I might. The second singer, though, right before Matt Barlow joins the group, mm-hmm. I found it a little bit, like, it's getting closer to what that Iced Earth sound is. Yeah. He was a little rough. He wasn't as melodic or as powerful as Matt Barlow, but
1: he's, like, right there on the cusp. And then Matt Barlow just, Put them over the edge. I, I feel like they just the the way. Uh, spoiler alert! I'm gonna give an idea of what I'm gonna write into our review. The way that I looked at "Burnt Offerings" was they took the best. They took the strengths of the original two singers and brought it in with Matt Barlow mm-hmm. because, you know, musically, Iced Earth has been Iced Earth since day one. They oh, have yeah. not changed. They have maybe become. They have incorporated more ballad stuff, or they like one or two per album and everything. But it's like their general heavy material has not changed style I was say, since that's, 1991 that band has been carried by John Schaefer's right hand yeah, that's the, that is the sound of that band and from day one cuz i remember I, I i put on the debut i don't have like i i don't think i have a special version of it i don't have the box set version like you have i have like the original cd version that century media put out when i guess they were just reissuing them from past um, you know this is in the days of like something wicked and everything and i was surprised at how good how clear and crisp it sounded for a a a first album for a band that you know was you know in the middle of nowhere yeah um but in hearing that you're like wow this this has not changed and that's absolutely beautiful so
2: well there's there's certain songs though that i i hear on the from the first two records Mm -hmm and I'm more familiar with their versions on Days of Purgatory, where it's just like, <sniffs> Well, I listen to, um... <laughs> like, When the Night Falls is much better on
1: Days of Purgatory mm-hmm. than it is on
2: Nights right. of the
1: Stormrider. Okay. Well, you know, like, my... my Travel Stygian.
0: Mm. Fantastic
1: closing track for uh, Night of the Stormrider. Um... First time I heard that was the live in Athens. Oh, true. So like, I'm like, yeah, Matt Barlow, you know, putting in that, that, that deep. I just got shot in the chest. Somebody help me kind of voice. <laughs> and then I hear the original version. I'm like, dude, you sound so bored. <laughs> Holy shit, dude, get into this. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So uh, I was, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I... I I can see what, what you meant with, like, you know, that they're being rough around the edges. And it's true. They are a little rough. Even even Matt Barlow's first outing on Burnt Offerings, a little rough. Up until Dante's Inferno.
2: Dante's Inferno cemented that band's entire career, as far as I'm concerned. Like, everything from there just kind of... If, like that, if that was, like, the, the root of the band, everything just kind of branched off of that, mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned. Um... Now, you, you said before the the Dark Saga you were... I'm a little... It, uh, the thing is, the only reason I, I say that is because I'm not familiar with the source material. Uh-huh. Of course, the dark, the dark Saga is a concept album based on Spawn, the movie, the comic. I never saw the movie. I never read the comic. So I'm not 100% familiar with it. And, you know, it just... You know, it, it kind of... Moves at a different pace than the other records. You know, it's just, it wasn't,
1: I wasn't feeling it. As if you uh, want to send us a copy of this, you can send it to P.O. Box. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get a P.O. Box one day and have people just send us shit. <laughs> so, but,
2: man, like, one of my, I think one of my all-time favorite records has got to
1: be Something Wicked This Way Comes. Actually, I was going to go on to that next because I listened to that today and I got through Burning Times into, all the way up to Reaping Stone. Um, and then listen to the rest of it while I was at work. I I didn't get to hear the last three. Oh,
0: like
1: I I know I know the album and everything. I need to listen to those last three just more often and everything. But like the maybe excluding the instrumental because it's it's short and negligible. But those other nine tracks are phenomenal. Yeah, it is a fantastic album. There's no weak track up to that point. No, so it's uh. And I, I love the fact that like my favorite some of my favorite Ice Earth songs are so short and it's like I it just like I I love it for the fact that like they can just kind of have so much power in a short run like that. But I hate it because it's like
0: come back, I want
1: more. Because Standalone is one of the yes. best. Fuck, like you just want to go punch someone. I'm in the middle of like that was the first
2: like, Ice Earth track I ever listened to because really? you sent it to me.
1: Uh, standalone, yeah, really, yeah. Wow. I picked up a
2: good this, track. I remember this because was, I was in Storybrook.
0: Yeah. yeah. And okay. he said,
2: dude, dude, dude,
1: download this song. All right. Because uh, I, cause I know at the time I had, because this is, I, I've mentioned this before, I know. Um, back in the days of mp3.com, I had My Own Savior, um, Melancholy, and Blessed Are You. And those were my introduction to Iced Earth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think something wicked was also at the time one of the ones that I got last because I, th- I think everything else was cheaper, mm-hmm. so I ended up picking everything else up but something. Uh, something wicked this way comes, um, but yeah, it from at least th- those tracks that I, I know super well, fucking lovely tracks. Yeah. So and I, and, I just love the way the album ends. <clears throat> and blessed are you into the trilogy, and I feel like it's one of their more diverse ones. Mm-hmm. Um, because it does have a lot of that that groove laden style. The Reaping Stone is probably like the closest thing they get to like doing their own God of Thunder. Basically. Yeah, pretty much. Um obviously it has like the two ballads in there. One's kind of thrashy. Uh, you got standalone kind of thrashy. Um, the the half ballad that is um, Consequences. Mm-hmm. Like I fucking love that record. Yeah, that
2: you know from front to back that is just like the
1: perfect power metal record. Yeah. Um. And like I said, I'm working my way through the rest of it now. Um, Well, Horror Show is my first full
2: Irish Earth record that I owned. mm -hmm. And I still love that record. You know, standout tracks like Damien and the Phantom Opera Ghost. Um, What's the one with the ballad? One of the ballads on it. Oh, Ghost of Freedom? That's the one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, all those tracks are are great. And then going from Horror Show into the Glorious Burden, Mm -hmm. that was just like...
1: Yeah, Glorious Burden actually came out <clears throat> right around the time of Dance of Death by Iron Maiden, and those two defined my my failed stint in college originally. Yeah, yeah, cause my my one semester at Stony Brook. Um, but like, I remember like sitting on the train or waiting for the train, listening to one of one or two of those albums. Yep. So it was it was a good time for metal. Yes, for me. it was. Um, yes, it
2: was. Because then we got to go see Ice Earth with Ripper, and they performed. All of Gettysburg at the at, B. B. at the BB Kings with John Schaefer occasionally stepping off stage to throw up into a bucket. Yeah, he was he was sick that night. Very sick that night.
1: Uh, speaking of that, I might actually I'm considering attending the show at Aztec on Tuesday. Oh shit, it's Tuesday. <sighs> yep. Yep. <laughs> So uh when you're when you folks are ready to hear an abridged version of everything we just wanted to say. Including opinions from other people. Yeah, yeah, we'll have we'll have that video up in about two, three weeks. Um Aside from that, is there anything else you've listened to? A shit ton of queen. Oh well,
2: Dude, done. let me tell you. I'd I started driving for Uber again, so I wanted to find something that's like relatively safe to listen to mm. that everyone can enjoy, not necessarily like, you know that I just want something that I can listen to that I like that won't offend other other people except for fat bomb girls because every time a, a thick chick got in my car, fat bomb girls would come on I'll be like, "Oh
0: no 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 no,
2: <laughs> not cool." <laughs> anyway, but I just pretty much went to Queen and put it on shuffle. Okay. And I have like 200 some Queen songs in there because I have a bunch of the live albums that you gave me. <laughs> so there's that, and then we drove down to the coast uh, in Corpus Christi this past weekend, and my girlfriend Brandy she just wanted to put on something that we can all listen to and, you know, not have the kids fight us about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you just put Bohemian Rhapsody on and just go from there. Yeah. So, again, queen on shuffle. <laughs> oh, always good, of course. Yeah. And I mentioned I listened to Grand Magus, you know. Um, <clears throat> there was something else really random that I listened to. Oh. Fucking, what was it? Damn, I can't remember. Uh, but... On a different note, uh, at home on uh, Netflix, I've been watching um, some rock documentaries. Okay. Uh, so I went back and I rewatched *Hired Gun*. We talked about that one. Mm-hmm. Uh Rewatched the Foo Fighters documentary. Okay. Rewatched *Rush: Beyond the Light of Stage*. Yeah, of course you did. And a very interesting one was I for, I totally forgot what it's called, but it's just it's really just um, three guitarists. Mm-hmm come together to sit down and talk about guitars and eventually jam and they talk about the history about playing and stuff like that and the three guitarists were Jack White the edge from U2 Mm -hmm. and Jimmy fucking page and it was pretty pretty awesome to three very different guitar players very different styles Mm -hmm. talking about the same instrument and how they approach not only the instrument itself but playing and their songwriting and recording and everything involved in it. It was really fucking cool.
1: Mm. And you remember the name of it
2: you said? I don't remember it. I really wish I could. But it is on Netflix. Oh, I, it's on Netflix. I think it's called This Might Get Loud.
1: Okay. That is a cool title. I like yeah,
2: it. very, very interesting
1: little uh, little thing to watch. Okay. Um, I've had a busy two weeks, three weeks. It's been three weeks now. Um, so I have not had much of an opportunity to listen to things beyond what is at this point business. <laughs> um so obviously the Ice Earth discussion we just had, um I put on some random stuff at work, so I put on like I was like, okay, what's what's good and enjoyable that no one will, will dislike or my, any of my coworkers will dislike. Well, I'm putting on the fucking darkness. <laughs> <laughs> Then, and I'm, I'm kind of mad because like that's a band I don't think I mentioned the other day um, during our last discussion. The bands that I still like, unironically, yes, I, I yes. love that band, and I hate the fact that a lot of people shat on their second album. It is a brilliant piece of work. Um, it's basically like it's it's their night at the opera. Uh huh. So I I feel it's a f- phenomenal, and I'm I'm mad that people don't like it, or enough people don't like it. Um, but there was also some Elton John recently because mm-hmm. um, I know that one of my coworkers likes Elton John. I was like, okay, well, I have the speakers now, so I will put on some Elton John to listen to. Um, Are they selling out a whole bunch of money to go to the show in December or whatever? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> she, she said she's already seen them. Oh,
2: I was oh, like, I well, lucky her them.
1: bitch. <laughs> I hate you. Um, yeah, I can't think of too much else just because it's been, you know very we've had company and whatnot for like the last like for like a week and a half or two weeks out of the last three weeks so it's been so fucking busy but now it's time to get back to normal and go look at houses and crap yep so doing adult things I guess yeah Yeah. adulting don't have to entertain people anymore but speaking of entertaining people let's move on with our podcast (laughs) Let us entertain you. Queen, love
2: that song. <laughs> Segway. Awesome. Yes. Let's talk about General News. General News. Here we go. Carcass have parted ways with guitarist Ben Ash and have replaced him with Tom Draper, who has been in Pounder, who is also in Angel Witch, and uh, whatever. Uh, Draper, who is from the United Kingdom but currently resides in California, made his live debut in Carcass. At the Netherlands Deathfest at o thirteen at zero thirteen in Tilburg. Cool. I need to get more into Carcass. Their last record, Surgical Steel, was mm-hmm. like their comeback record.
1: Yeah. Was. Wow. I, I just wow. I, I've been wanting to pick that up because it's one of those ones that has appeared every single year on the Nuclear Blast's um, Christmas sale. Uh huh. And I was like, I was like, okay, I can't. Like with all, everything else that's there. I can't bring myself to buy that one above other things, Mm -hmm. but I think if they keep doing the same things every year, that's going to come up soon. So I apologize, Carcass, but you got beaten out by, like, Ed Guy. Sorry. (laughs) Priorities. Um, Rock Me Amadeus cover is far more important. I apologize. (laughs) Yes.
2: Skeleton Witch have parted ways with drummer uh, Dustin Boltis. And a temporary replacement with John Rice, who is uh, formerly in job for Cowboy and Scorpion Child. Rice will join Skeleton, which is the band's upcoming North American trek with Obituary, which kicks off May 2nd in Atlanta, Georgia.
1: Is that Obituary tour coming around here? I do not remember. I feel like they should. It's because I want it. And that's that's all that's important. <laughs> well, then there it is. <laughs> there you go. Next up The Apple Doesn't Fall Far From The Tree.
2: Max Portnoy, mm. son of Mike, I Can Play That Portnoy, I can play that. has launched a new metal band called Tala. This is his second metal band in so many years, because what was the one that we got from Skateboard?
1: Was it Next to None?
2: Something like that, yeah. So he's staying busy,
1: just like dear old dad. Yeah. <laughs> they play- they probably got the call for, like, Mike. He's like, yeah, I'm busy, but my son, he can totally help you out. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, we said Mike Portnoy. Max Portnoy, right?
1: No, Mike. Max. <laughs> nah, you're, all the, you're all the same. Whatever. Just 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 hit the damn drums. <laughs> just get Portnoy on the... Get the motherfucker yeah. on the phone. Uh, I need, I, I need to need, write down. To him. We've been talking about that clip for a long time. I'm going to I'm it gonna write it on this piece of paper right here. You Mother- just need to have... Yeah. M.F.R. clip I'm going to throw out this piece of paper in, like, an hour. God, no. <laughs> all
2: right. The Pulse of Radio reports that Ozzy Osborne and Zach Wilde have, have given a helping hand to a man whose CD collection was stolen out of his car while he was making a pizza delivery. According to CBC, CBC News, Josh Cook of St. John's, New Brunswick, was inside an apartment complex delivering the pizza when he heard his engine rev and ran outside to see his car speed off with a large collection of music inside. The car was later returned to the same location, irreparably damaged, and missing Cook's trove of hard rock and metal CDs, all except one disc by Wild band Black Label Society. However, or somehow, Wilde's son got word of what happened and within a few days, an enormous box of Black Label Society swag arrived at Cook's doorstep. That was followed a few days later by a box containing Ozzy Osbourne t-shirts, a signed photo, and a complete discography of Ozzy's work, including all his solo CDs and his catalog with Black Sabbath.
1: Wow. That is amazing. I know, right? Dude, where did you get that? That's Gravity Falls. Yes. Um, I, I, this, this is obviously very cool. I would still be horrendously pissed about the car. I would horrendously <laughs> pissed about the car and the CDs like yeah
2: black label society and black and Ozzy Osbourne's works are probably not the only CDs this guy had
1: yeah <laughs> but it is very cool that yeah that obviously just random shit like that happens for you know I just wonder what other kind of swag they got right probably lots and lots of t-shirts that's, that's, which that's, I
2: could totally totally
1: live with that's cool but it really fucking sucks about the car. the car oh my god
2: at least, that's probably at least covered by insurance. The CDs, maybe not.
1: And, I mean, I mean, like, while you're sitting there, you know, buying a new car, at least you'll look very stylish. <laughs>
2: well, <laughs> but then you gotta be like, dude, you actually walked away from your car and left the keys in it?
1: That, um, Then again, that might not have happened either. Yeah, we, that's, there's no way to speculate yeah. that, but... Like, that's why I'm not gonna be a pizza man. Yeah. Alright, a documentary about Stone
2: Temple Pilots is in the works for Showtime. Kent... <laughs> Sevener, Showtime executive VP of Content Acquisition and Business and Legal Affairs promised a quote, a compelling story in an interview with Broadcasting and Cable, explaining that not a lot has been done about the band. And they got a good point.
1: Oh, I mean like uh I was about to say like not a lot has been done about the band, like as far as like books or, or documentaries or yeah. Which which is kind of true.
2: Yeah. Um concerning the, the st- the ups and downs and the turmoil of the band. I mean, it, it makes sense to kind of cover it. Yeah. You know, because it was an up and down
1: thing for like 20 years. It, the, the downside of it is like, you know the ending. Like, well, it, it's, it's very similar to the ending of a lot of other rock stories, unfortunately.
2: Well, you also know the ending of Titanic, but a lot of people saw that one too.
1: Um, <laughs> Jack and Rose.
2: <laughs> Motherfucker could fit on that door. I don't care what anybody and, says. And someone
1: got naked, I think. <laughs> I do recall...
2: Someone got naked. Someone got drawn like a French girl. Anyway. Yeah. Here's, a, here's one that's interesting. Mm-hmm. A New Revenge. <laughs> a New revenge, A New Revenge. The Revengers <laughs> with Thor and Hulk. Anyway, they were formerly uh, known as Project Rock and Rockstar. Okay. To, yeah, this is, this is their, their real name now. The band featuring former members of Judas Priest, Alice Cooper, Ozzy Osbourne, and Scorpions has inked a deal with Australia's fastest growing independent record label Golden Robot Records. Great. Great name. It's C-3PO. I, I don't give a shit. <laughs> anyway, the, the group's debut album will be released later this year. A New Revenge features everyone getting out for revenge, like Tim Ripper Owens.
1: <laughs> I'm not even going to do that. I could play that.
2: <laughs> One of the most versatile and name check guitarists in rock, Carrie Kelly, who's been in slash a Snake Pit, Alice Cooper, and Vince Neil. Legendary bassist Rudy Sarzo, who's of course, has been an Ozzy Osbourne, White Snake, and Quiet Riot. And longtime Scorpions drummer James Kodik, who is also formerly
1: of Kingdom Come. I'm sure it's gonna be great, but like, why Project Rock and Rockstar?
2: <laughs> yeah, well, whatever. Are you ready for some Talika news? Because every week we got at least one or two things that the, t- that the boys are doing. All right. Well, when next time I need to get a yeah clip. Yeah, definitely a yeah. Clip. <laughs>
1: I'm we'll <laughs> <We'll moan>. Fire to
2: I would have to go back and watch a year and a half in the life of Metallica now.
1: Uh I don't hear a problem here. And, oh, man, I lived on that on de- uh, that tape. Yeah, my my cassette tape. I still have it up here on the shelf. There's some more. I lived on that tape. Do I have it? Holy shit, do I have it? You should. Yeah, you have it. Okay. I, was I, was say, like, I was like, who stole
2: my shit. It's like a, it wasn't me this time. This Fuck <laughs> okay, it's my Alright, anyway. Metallica News here. According to the Mercury News, Metallica frontman James Hetfield has turned over 1,000 acres of land overlooking California's Lucas Valley as open space that will end up with the Marin Agricultural Land Trust. In late 2016, Louis Ranch Incorporated, which is owned by James and his wife Francesca, Francesca, approached the the Marin County Open Space District and Malt with a proposal to transfer the property rights to 240 additional acres it connected to two existing easements held by the Open Space District, which combined and accounted for 760 acres for of preserved private open space.
1: So basically you can't build shit on there, right?
2: Yeah.
0: That's good.
2: Uh, he caused a little bit of controversy a couple of years ago when he got all pissy about uh, hikers going through his land. Mm. And this was like a big deal, but now he's
1: handing that land over. So basically it's like Napster.
0: <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Kind of.
1: Yeah. Um, that's, I guess that's a, a good. That's kind of uh, cool thing. That's um, good. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping, like, I don't, is California still being ravaged by wildfires? As far as I know, I don't think so. Okay. Because I know they like they were, like, bad news for a little, a little while. Yeah. Like, obviously it's a more common thing over there. But, like, something about this year was just crazy. All <clears throat> right. And the next one up here. Mm-hmm is the boys are making whiskey. And that's like literally how you wrote it in this in this script. The boys are making whiskey now. I was like, did you mean to say that about your kids? Like,
2: like <laughs> Alright. Alright. I'm just gonna read parts of the article here from Metal Sucks. Of course, okay. everyone's making the whiskey in a jar joke. Of course. Because it has to be done. But on the latest episode of the Whiskey Cast, I love the name of the podcast. It's that fantastic. Sounds, that sounds beautiful. Veteran distiller Dave Pickerel reveals that he's teaming up with Mataka to create their own whiskey mm-hmm. and what's more is that this particular gentleman who used to be a former master distiller at Maker's Mark which is a pretty damn good whiskey that is true. plans on building a new distillery for the band to create their own whiskey from scratch Damn. Yeah. so that's pretty cool uh, it says that the distillery would likely be either located in Louisville, Nash- Louisville Nashville or the band's native Bay Area which is pretty cool. <laughs>
1: Those are some drastically different. Scots. Uh see the
2: involvement of Pickerel with the project makes the the writer think it'll be a bourbon, which is more of a, this which is an American whiskey mm. and not an Irish whiskey. Oh, but we won't split hairs here, so Well, I mean, I I would personally prefer Irish, but I don't know, I like me a good bourbon. Mm. Although Scotch is superior to all. <laughs> yes. Scotch is superior to all. Yeah, that's correct. This coming from a former drinker, by the way.
1: Yes, I don't. I don't drink hard stuff anymore either. But in my time, that yeah, was, that was in, the drink of choice. In
2: my time of dying, yep. it was. It was nothing better than than good old Scotch, on the rocks, or just straight out of the fucking bottle. I was going to say neat. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And just sip it straight out of the bottle. Yeah, the
2: maybe a splash of water.
1: Maybe. maybe. Yeah. yeah, when you're when you're sick and throwing up, a splash of water.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, remember from the the guy, the smoky guy. Yeah. The the, the splash of water opens up the aromas of the of the. Way. Uh, let's not get into that. <laughs> let's move away from our drinking days,
1: and let's go on to some recording news.
2: Recording news. Omnium Gatherum are rec- working on their new album for a late summer release. Comments <laughs> guitarist Marcus Van Halla. We're busy at forging the new Omnium Gatherum album feature uh, during the finished winter madness season. Hopes are high here, even though the temperatures outside aren't.
1: Aren't they on tour right now? I believe they're on... I they're, believe they're coming here again. They're with the Amorphous tour? I think so. Okay. But they'll, they'll probably have this album out before then. Possibly. Um, I just like the the dude's last name... Van Hala. it's like I want to be Van Halen and Valhalla at the same time. Yeah, right. I get the best of all worlds here. I want all the
2: things. I am legend. Period. <laughs> <laughs> Orange Goblin has completed work on its new album, "The Wolf Bites Back," for a June release via Kennelite Spine Farm. That is a
1: great album title,
2: right? The nine-song disc was recorded at Oregon uh, Studios, not Oregon, Oregon, Oregon Studios, with producer Jamie uh, Gomez. Ariano, Arellano. Arellano. Uh He's who's worked with Ghost, Grave Pleasures, Paradise Lost, and Cathedral.
1: That's a band I need to pay attention to.
2: I have one of their records; that is phenomenal. So
1: yeah. Is that, is that no? That's not, I gave you Code Orange. Code Orange. Yeah, Code Orange. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
2: Seven Dust <laughs> will release its twelfth studio album, "All I See Is War," on May 11th. That's a great album title. <laughs> Lots of great album titles coming up here. The follow-up to 2015's "Kill the Flaw" that's a great album title <laughs> was recorded at Studio Barbosa in Gotha, Florida, with producer Michael Elvis Beschetti, who has previously
1: worked with Alderbridge and Slash, among others. That is cool. Seven Dust needs a new album, so, and it's just making me realize how long we've been doing this because "Kill the Flaw" came out right at the start of things. Yeah. So. Yep. Crying like a bitch. Do I even have that clip anymore? I don't know, man. It's up to I, you. I, I certainly hope oh, yeah, yep.
2: Godsmack has set When Legends Rise as a title of its first album in four years, due out April 27th, the fall of the 2014's 1000 HP will be Godsmack's first effort for effort for BMG, following a split with the band's label home since 1998,
1: Republic Universal. Two things. I actually listened to Godsmack's self-titled album recently. And I still, I still can say I pretty much. Enjoy I was going to say that
2: might fall on that list of like bands I I still i ir- unironically like. Yeah, yeah. I never had a problem with with their groove. I mean, they were one of the grooviest bands ever. Mm-hmm. You know, I I, I, think, I just found their song way too simple.
1: Uh, going back and listen to it, like I I know that they started their their time as being a Alice in Chains tribute band, mm-hmm. and you can kind of. hear... You, going back now and hearing it, I'm like, I can fucking see a lot more now. Yeah. Um, and number two, the the album title for their previous one just sounds like a like a it's like a concert album for RPGs. Yeah. A thousand HP.
2: <laughs> Is that hit points? I don't
1: know. Hit points, yeah. Oh, really? Well, in, in this case, it stands for horsepower, but uh, but I'm just saying like like you know Dungeons and Dragons shit. <laughs> See, that's where my mind went. So I was nothing. <laughs> you oh, I were dying bed. like a bear. All
2: right, here we go. Behemoth, the mighty Behemoth, will release a brand new live DVD Blu-ray titled Messe Noir on April 13th. The set will include the band's victorious shows in Warsaw, Warsaw, Poland on October 8th, 2016, and Brutal Assault 2016, as well as The Satanist cinematic archive featuring all official videos associated with the band's globally successful record of the same name. I just love the like
1: you copied and pasted this because it includes the band's victorious shows. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Like like, I don't know who wrote this but
1: someone's sucking some major dick. No better use of that clip (laughs) ever
2: (laughs) <laughs>
1: God man That is
2: beautiful <sighs> Love it It's fucking hell uh, it's, Shut up Amorphous will release their new studio album Queen of Time On May 18th via Nuclear Blast I the, like it The follow up to 2015's Under the Red Cloud will include the use of real strings Flutes, orchestral arrangements and even choirs In addition this will be the first time that people will be able to hear their lyricist Peta Really long name with lots of consonants on the album as he contributes a speech in Finnish. I can only get so erect. Please stop. <laughs> well, you know, I'm sorry. Yeah. Wait until the last one. As a matter of fact, I'll just skip to this one and come back. No. Lordy will release their ninth studio album, Sexorcism, on May 25th via AFM. What a great <laughs> album title! <laughs>
1: Like, I fucking love Lordy. They're so good. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Next up and last one for recording news here is Gus G. Will release his new solo album Fearless on April 20th via AFM Records. The fall of the 2015's brand new revolution marks his first release since exiting Ozzy Osbourne's band in 2017. On Fearless, Gus joins forces with vocalist bassist Dennis Ward who is in Pink Cream 69 and Unisonic and drummer Will Hunt who used to be in Evanescence.
1: I like Gus G, but I haven't heard anything he's done, like, beyond Firewind and, and, like, his solo stuff, basically. Yeah. I haven't heard that. But I'm sure it's a whole lot of noodling and just uh, face melting type stuff. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah.
0: Glorious! <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I, I'm sure. I'm sure he was. I'm sure he was sitting there noodling around, like with Ozzy's band, and he didn't want to do anything. So he's just sitting there, like
0: favorite for the explosions, <laughs> real.
1: He's <laughs> like, I'll put it in my solo album. Um, so I wrote down some things for the crowdfunding tracker, but I did not do enough research, so All I'm right. going to skip over that part right now. Yeah,
2: because <sighs> the iApollo crowdfunding has is kind of stalled. Mm. Uh, their goal is still five thousand dollars. They've raised six hundred and ninety-two. It's
1: better than it was. I think they yeah. were. They were. That's four times what they were at when we yeah. last checked. And it, they so. have
2: about a month left of of uh, time. So contribute we'll that chip. We'll see how that keeps going in the
1: next couple of weeks. Yeah, but next time hopefully I'll have more to report there. Cause like I started looking through Kickstarter and found one or two things, but I never actually sat down and wrote down the yeah. appropriate information or or listened to what I was really listen to it anyway let's go on to some concert news and we're going to talk about festivals
2: alright we've got one festival here Venice Sevenfold Rob Zombie Marilyn Manson Gojira and Emperor are among the confirmed artists for this year's Heavy Montreal Festival set to take place July 28th through the 29th at Parc Jean Drapeur in Montreal Quebec Canada hmm. other confirmed bands include Under Oath Hollywood Undead Trivium Sleep Asking Alexandria Ailstorm. Rat. I Prevail. Baroness. Voivod. Between the Buried and Me. Nile. Witchcraft. Red Fang. Tech Nine. Napalm Death. Yeah. The Black Dahlia Murder. I Hate God. I Gore. <laughs> 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 Glory Hammer.
1: That is the best band. Helix. Perpetrator. Mm. No. Perturbator, 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 okay, perturb like perturb and then bator, like
2: okay. I guess. I
0: gotcha.
2: Uh, necrotic mutation, power trip, blind witness, the agonist,
1: havoc, and there's more. You know, what's, I'm, I'm I'm actually upset right now because blind witness was like the the, the band name I wanted to use in high school. <laughs> I
2: kind of remember this. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: I I like
2: vaguely remember this. I
1: and I I mean. It's it's about time that that somebody legitimately took it and
2: well that kind yeah. of reminds me of the time that I was like when we got go see Seven Us that one time and Diecast opened up for them mm. and Dennis and I were having this idea about our band covering uh, Danger Zone by Kenny Loggins and fucking Diecast covered it that goddamn night yeah the <laughs> <You> motherfuckers <laughs> it's like we gotta do it better than fuck
0: fuck that shit
1: um I don't, I don't have the the get your degree clip so I can't play that oh you suck um but this this lineup is quite Quite strange. Well I I I just out of nowhere, rat. Rat, um, I forgot Under Oath is still a thing. Napalm Death and Middle of Nowhere, they're gonna come out play uh they're gonna play sixty songs, finish up in about two minutes. Yep. Uh Voivod, like nine out of nowhere? Yeah. Between the buried and me. Like, it's kind of a mix of like various forms of metal and then rat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: but like they're, they're gonna show up and like, man, this is not the band I was thinking of.
1: But like they 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 really just picked um, like one band from each of like the big genres, honestly, because right. yeah, you know, Gojira, Emperor, Monson, Fold, and Sevenfold like they 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 cover all the territory. Power trip, power cool. um It sounds like a pretty badass thing, and again, it's in France, so you expect that kind of thing. Just like this European festivals. What? Oh, it's French name, but Canada got it. But still, you expect that kind of randomness, I guess.
2: Yeah. All right, ready to get some touring news? Yeah, let's get some touring news. There's some interesting (laughs) ones coming up here. First off, we got Rob Zombie and Marilyn Manson are heading out on tour again to bring their unique brands of showmanship to audiences across America. The 29 date North American Summer Trek will kick off in Detroit on July 11th. Zombie and Manson previously toured together in 2012 on the Twins of
1: Evil tour. They're unique brands of showmanship, like having a set of guns fall on you, or um... Just having to... a complete meltdown and leaving the stage and being yeah. a douche. Yeah, don't do that, Marilyn Manson. We have, we have a level of respect for you, just don't do that. Level. I would love to see Rob Zombie again, though. Mm-hmm. Fucking hell, he's always good. Well... I
2: didn't put this in the recording news because it just seemed to be too long but there is a big box set coming out of all of Zombie's stuff that's solo
0: that's
1: cool
2: and there's one thing I forgot to put in here that I, I didn't co- like I saw it come across my news feed but oh. I didn't see it to put it in here for recording news is the infamous 2000 um concert at on the steps outside the Republican Convention I think Where'd it Against the Machine yeah, yeah. that's Coming out
1: as a live album, I, I should put it out as a DVD. That would be inter- that would be wasn't, cool too. Wasn't Michael Moore on hand for that? I think he was. Michael Moore, your job is to document things. You had one job. <laughs> <laughs> you fat bastard! I don't even have the damn clip. Damn it! He's <laughs> <It's> fat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I saw that. I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that, that, that's pretty cool. I'm, I'm surprised that I was
2: gonna never say did. it's like it's 20 years too late. Not too late, but it's twenty years later, but well, I almost.
1: Mean, I, like they're they're gonna slowly put out like a, a new live rage thing every couple right. of years. Just to keep interest of profits of rage. Yeah, they got to keep putting some uh, some some steam into that, that that hype train.
2: All right. So this one <clears throat> I put in here because not because of the bands that are on the tour, but because of how it works. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Shine Down and Godsmack have announced a co-headlining tour as part of Live Nation's. Ticket to Rock program. Now check this out. Mm -hmm. The program lets attendees purchase tickets for multiple shows by different bands in one city for one price. Ticket to Rock bundles begin at $59 for three concerts and $69 for four concerts for lawn or reserved upper pavilion seating. Those prices jump $20 for reserved ticket bundles.
1: By different bands in one city.
2: So I think one of the other ones that are on this on the list here, like, is the Avenged Sevenfold show that I'm about to talk about. Okay. So Avenged Sevenfold have announced the End of the World Tour, a North American headlining run produced by Live Nation that kicks off July 22nd at the Xfinity Center in Mansfield, in Mansfield, Massachusetts, and features Profits of Rage plus Three Days Grace. So I think if the Avenged Sevenfold show and the Shinedown Down show in the same city...
1: But different days. At
2: different days, you can buy tickets to those shows plus a different show...
1: For fifty nine dollars, that's not bad, right? Yeah, I'm I'm okay. With it. I mean, I haven't seen what the the fucking fees are, but regardless, <laughs> that's that's still not bad. It's still a pretty so, good, uh, pretty good deal. Yeah, for for like you know bands that are still very much commercially viable, like Avenged Sevenfold, that's not bad.
2: And I think another band that was mentioned in this in this little deal is uh, Five Finger Death Punch, because they have a big tour going on too. Which I think is in here somewhere, but maybe not. I might have skipped over them just to save Pete the
1: yeah, aneurysm. Yeah, Pete may have deleted it.
2: <laughs> but here's one that is coming to San Antonio. We are super psyched for this one. Yes. Slayer has announced the <laughs> second North American leg of its final world tour. Set to kick off on Thursday, July 26th at the Bank of New Hampshire Pavilion in Guilford, New Hampshire. The tour will travel to 20 cities over about five weeks, culminating at San Jose's SAP Center on August 26th. Lamb of God, Anthrax, Testament, and Napalm Death will accompany the band on all dates. San Antonio date, August 15th at the Freeman Coliseum.
1: I think we have to go to that show.
2: I'm going to say that might just
1: be a birthday show for this dude. Yeah, so that's every one of those bands I want to see or see again. And the, like For me, the only disappointment was the
2: switch out because on the first leg of the tour, it's Behemoth, Behemoth instead mm-hmm. of Napalm Death. But I would rather see Behemoth on their own. Yeah. And Napalm Death in 20 minutes can cover about 30 songs, Yep, like we talked about, so that's perfectly fine with me. Yeah,
1: I'm, And, you know, Napalm Death doesn't really need much of a stage or anything like that. Yeah. They are... They're they a pretty
2: are... perfect opening band for that particular show. Yeah. So, I, I would love to and see And plus, them, I, I haven't seen Lamb of God in a long time. I want to see Lamb of God. I haven't seen Anthrax with Belladonna at all.
1: Same here. So...
2: Um, I missed te- uh, Testament the last time we were supposed to see them when they opened up for Judas Priest and, um, oh my Heaven God. And hell. Heaven and Hell. I and mi- I missed him then, so.
1: I forgot they opened that show. Fuck.
2: Because we were in the parking lot the whole time. Oh, we're stupid. Yep. We were listening to Testament in the parking lot while Testament was playing. We're fucking stupid. Yeah, we were. All right, moving on. This summer, the Black Dahlia Murder and Whitechapel will embark on a North American co-Henline tour. The Trek, which runs from June 8th through July 14th, will find the Black Dolly Murder performing its latest album Nightbringers from front to back and more, while Whitechapel will play its classic This Is Exile in full to celebrate the record's 10th anniversary. Support will be provided by Flesh God Apocalypse, Aversions Crown and Shadow of Intent. There is a San Antonio date here on June 29th at Vibes Event Center.
1: That's the rock box, basically. I think. Right? Is that pretty sure it is. I'm, I'm I remember seeing a sign for vibes right above the rock box. Okay. So I'm, I I thought so. Um, That might be interesting to go to. Right.
2: <clears throat> Ghost will embark on the Rats on the Road U.S. tour in May. The trek will kick off on May 5th in Riverside, California and visit U.S. cities throughout the spring. No San Antonio date, unfortunately. Ooh, Sexy Magician come back. <laughs> right. Well, we don't know what incarnation he's going to take now. Yeah. I wonder if he's still going to be on the Sexy Magician one or if he's going to be preparing for... Pop of, the, Pop of the fourth. <laughs> Big Papa Pump. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> that needs. The internet needs to get on this.
1: Oh. Oh. Oh, my God. God, that needs to happen. Just, Just, just put, like, ghost songs over Scott Steiner matches for me, please. Oh. <laughs> Or just Sky promos over
2: over ghost music? yeah. Oh. Because uh, the numbers don't lie. I sacrifice. <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> the song Ritual is about sacrifice. Yes! <laughs> this needs to happen. Somebody make this happen. Oh,
1: good fucking God. <laughs>
2: just, oh. just go on. Okay. Stone Sour has announced a spring headline tour with support on select dates from Hey Allie? Royale? I
1: thought it was Palais.
2: Palais? Palais? Probably is more like that. Palais Royale, the Bronx, and 68. The track will include appearances at a number of festivals in the U.S. They are not coming here. They were just here.
1: Yeah. That doesn't mean anything.
2: Yeah.
0: Come back. Come back.
2: This July, August, Armored Saint will embark on a North American tour commemorating the band's classic Symbol of Salvation album. On this special run, the group will perform Symbol of Salvation in its entirety, with select shows to be recorded for a live DVD. They have
1: to come here flat. Like, I... I don't think... Don't make me drive to Austin or Houston, please. I don't think there was a San Antonio date, buddy.
2: Punk bitches, man! Well, there's a San Antonio date for this one. Power Man 5000 have announced the second leg of the U.S. tour in support of the band's latest album, New Wave. Trek kicks off in Lubbock, Texas and makes its way through the southern part of the US, including two iHeartRadio shows, ninety eight Rockfest and Earth Day Birthday in Florida, and ends in Flagstaff, Arizona. San Antonio date four twelve at The Rock Box.
1: This is for this one and the previous one.
0: It was my birthright, you bitches.
1: <laughs> I am obviously going to the Powerman five thousand show. Um kinda bummed that it's not gonna be at Fitzgerald's again, but the Rock Box is another good place to see them. Though. It is, but it's also downtown. I don't oh, yeah. want to have to go downtown. But
2: it, the rock the thing is at, at least at that downtown venue it's on it's on Houston Street. It's right by 281. You can go home. Yeah, that's true. It's it's quite easy. I know. It's just
1: it just I'm I'm griping, So,
2: for no reason. You yeah. salty bitch. <sighs> there you go.
1: Okay. Are you happy now?
2: Yes. Asshole? I am. I am I am partially happy. Punk ass. Halfway happy. It's a compromise. Anyway, Metallica has announced the details of the 2018-2019 North American leg of its World Wire tour in support of the band's latest album. The 34 date trek kicks off September 2nd in Madison, Wisconsin and runs through March 13th in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Tickets went on sale to the public on March 2nd at Live Nation, and each ticket purchase will be accompanied by a physical or digital copy of Hardwired to Self-Destruct, so you can probably expect to see them back on the charts next week.
1: That's cool. I'll buy a gonna go buy a ticket get a physical copy and then just sell it
2: well i think is you know what's funny is that i was supposed to get a physical copy when i bought my ticket for this the past uh june show mm-hmm. i never got
0: <laughs>
1: sorry i got nothing but dude. a Why don't i don't have two game over buttons Ah, Okay, i got to remember the blue (laughs) one. (laughs) Yes.
2: That is beautiful. All right, here we go. Tear will embark on a North American headlining tour in May. Special guests on the trek will be Orphan Land, Ghost Ship Octavius, and... I don't know. Aternam? Aternam. Aternam? All right. Exact cities and dates will be announced soon. That would be a cool show.
1: I think I would... Orphan Land and Ghost Ship Octavius. Um, I've seen Tear, and I really don't care about them. Really? I No. I
2: mean, it's more about Orphan Land. Yeah.
1: Really. Yeah, especially, uh, you know, us reviewing that, the new album and everything. It's it's a great fucking album. So. All
2: right. Next one up here. The last one up here, actually, is Hellstorm announced details of a milestone North American tour showcasing all female-fronted hard rock outfits. The dates co-headlined by In This Moment begins April third in Houston, Texas, and then travels through mid-May. Support throughout the trek comes from special guests New Year's Day and Stitched
1: Up Heart. That's cool, even though it seems like a very short tour. Yeah, so yeah, I just cool. wish I liked the bands that are going to be on the tour more.
2: Yeah, so. although I wouldn't mind seeing In This Moment. I don't mind Hailstorm. The other two, I'm not...
1: For me, it's not a matter of, 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 of liking, disliking, or not minding. It's like I don't know enough of their stuff. Uh. So, like, it, like I wish they would do more tours like that. Like, I would still like to catch the Butcher Babies mm-hmm. next time they come around, mm-hmm. you know? So, they, they, if they do a tour like that, I'd be all about it.
2: All right, so let's go on to one-offs. One-offs. On May 23rd, the surviving members of Mr. Big will perform a tribute concert to late drummer Pat Torpey. Torpey? Uh, who passed away due to complications from Parkinson's disease on February 7th. At the Canyon Club in uh, Agora Hills, California? Yeah, Uh, go with that. Also performing will be Torpy's former bandmate Richie Kotzen, who was a member of Mr. Big from 1999 to 2002. And an all-star lineup that will be announced in the coming weeks, probably involving Mike Portnoy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because... Richie Kotzen was in the winery dogs with Mike Portnoy I know. I mean, they're buddies you know, I... these things happen and because this is a tribute to a drummer
1: like, like I'm willing to bet that, that this is the situation Richie uh, Richie Cottson just goes to Mike and just like yeah we're, we're putting this little thing together for him and like he doesn't even ask him to be part of it but Mike Portnoy just stands up and says nothing broke it oh it's gonna be funny let Nope, that's not the one I want oh because the button's broken oh shit look at that well it was supposed to be someone standing up and going the call of
0: the power
1: <laughs> but like literally the button looks like it's been pushed in and broken like how do you how do you do that on a touchscreen? I know like what the fuck dude buttons yeah I got to, I'm just gonna delete that shit
2: I I'd do that I just have to restart the whole thing I do I, mean, I, I can
1: I can hear everything else. Yeah, that, that button just doesn't exist, apparently. Well then. It's a ghost button. Uh, are you done? Uh, hold on. Fuck this shit, <laughs> That's what the button was saying. Okay, go yeah, on. Yeah,
2: pretty much. All right, Nikki Six of Motley Crue, Scott Ian of Anthrax, Rudy Sarzo of Ozzy Osbourne and Quiet Riot, Jesse Hughes of Eagles of Death Metal, and David Kushner of Velvet Revolver are among the musicians who will take part in ACDC... Comedy and Rock Show a tribute to Bon Scott set to take place April 3rd at the Avalon in Hollywood, California the event will which is uh, the event which is being organized by rock and roll comedian Dean Del, Del Rey will start off with Del Rey Bill Burr Mark Morin and Joey Diaz doing stand-up comedy before an all-star band performs ACDC's classic 1978 album
1: Power Ridge in its entirety I love the fact that they're picking Power Ridge. right because that I feel like that's like the most overlooked of the early albums. That is cool.
2: Yeah, that is super cool. And that is it for concert news. So, depress me with these charts. Well, first off, noteworthy points here. Bon Jovi's latest album, This House Is Not For Sale, which debuted at number one in 2016, has officially returned to the top of the Billboard 200 chart. So
1: it is number one on the Billboard Top yes, 200 it is. right now.
2: Yes, it is. The band's new single, When We Were Us, is also the most added at AC Radio this week. According to Billboard, this house is not for sale. Re-entered the chart with a um, 120,000 equivalent album units earned this week, ending March 1st. The surge back to number one is owed nearly entirely to sales generated by a concert ticket album sale redemption offer from Bon Jovi's upcoming U.S. Arena tour.
1: Same deal as the Metallica thing. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I want to gripe here, but I like Bon Jovi.
0: Well,
2: let me just just depress you with the, the rest of the top 200.
0: No, dude.
2: No one. Five Finger Death Punch, Decade of Destruction at number 60 from 58. Black Album at 89 from 109.
1: Does that mean a Five Finger Death Punch is still at number one on the hard rock charts? Oh.
2: The, well, that's it for the top 200. Everything else is greatest hits.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah, it's, is, it's wow. brutal. We might start taking this section out. This sucks.
2: I was going to say, it's like, it might be you might be considering this is like kind of skip over it or actually start including the, the greatest hits just cause that's what's there cause we excluded it for a while there mm. but anyway let's go to the top 25 hard rock albums are you ready? yes I'm ready number 25 is System of a Down Toxicity okay. but I'm gonna turn my iPad different way so you can actually see, so I can see what actually is re-entered to charts here alright
1: so anything I don't like I have a clip for so
2: okay well, Top Sissy re-entered the charts at number 25. Mm-hmm. Number 24, re-entering the charts, is The Greatest Hits of Three Doors Down. Shut the fuck up. Oh, you got the <laughs> Method Man shit. <laughs> oh. Oh, dude. Re-entering the charts at number 23 is Ride the Lightning. Number 22 is Unleashed by Skillet. Shut the fuck up. Re-entering the charts at number 21 is Experience Hendrix, The Best of Hendrix. Okay. By Jimi Hendrix. Okay. Number 20 is Pearl Jam, 10. Not surprising. Mm-hmm. Number 19, Re-Entering the Charts, and Justice for All, Metallica. Brutality. Nice. Mm-hmm. All right. Number 18 is Disturbed, Immortalized. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just <laughs> a big meh. Yeah. <laughs> Number 17 is Aerosmith's Greatest Hits. Okay. Number 16 is Meteora by Linkin Park. Mm-hmm. New Album. At number 15 is a band called Turnstile with their album Time and Space. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> number 14 is Def Leppard Greatest Hits. Shut the fuck up. Number 13 is Days uh, Three Days Grace with One X. Shut the fuck up. Number 12 is Bon Jovi Slippery When Wet. I can't. One of Beethoven's favorite records. Like, I
1: can <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. I have to watch that movie now. <laughs> You're welcome. Now I know
1: what I'm doing this weekend. You're
2: welcome. <laughs> Okay, moving on here. At number 11 is Metallica, Master of Puppets. Number 10 is Foo Fighters, Greatest Hits. Mm -hmm. Number 9 is ACDC, Back in Black. Mm -hmm. Number 8 is All the Right Reasons, Nickelback.
1: I can't. I actually enjoy Nickelback.
2: All right, number 7, Greta Van Fleet, From the Fires. Number 6, Linkin Park, Hyper Theory. Number 5, Greatest Hits, Guns and Roses. Number 4, Mothership, Led Zeppelin. Number three, Black Album. Number two, Queen. Greatest Hits, one, two, and three, The Platinum Collection. And number one, A Decade of Destruction, five-finger death punch. Uh,
1: seriously, guys, it's the greatest hits thing. Move out of the way. Love it. it. Get
0: out the way.
1: Just, 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 just let Queen go. Let, let Queen just pass you. Just go hide in the distance somewhere.
2: Yep. (sighs) Bye-bye. Oh, my
1: gosh. You know the day's going to come that that will happen again. And I'll be very happy. Because I need you to understand something, Five Finger Death Punch. Queen looks at you and says, We're better than you, and we know it. It's true. It's
2: damn true. (laughs) There's a clip I need. Oh, yeah, you do.
1: (laughs) Damn it, we need some Kurt Angle up in this bitch. So really, again, no surprises. It seems to be the same albums over and over and over and over again. I mean, again.
2: That's, this is the whole streaming thing, though. Yeah. We, we've come to
1: expect this at this point. I mean, at this point, we should just be looking for the surprises. Yeah. So, um, so let's go on to our discussion. because We're going to pretty much do our discussion, and we'll call it there. Um, <clears throat> now, this one was specifically sent to us by uh, Bird Gaffron from the One Up Cup, our friends over at the One Up Cup. And he posted up the video and said, I wonder what the Shred Check guys would think of this list. Um so it is a video list from what culture. If you're not familiar with what what, what culture is, Jesus Christ, that's a fucking what? Alpha. What what, what, what? <laughs> <laughs> I think I have a clip for that. Hold on. Nope, I don't have the what clip. God damn it! Um, if you're not familiar with what culture, um, they are similar to things like Loudwire, Buzzfeed. They do lists. They do a lot of um, clickbait, and whereas they give you the headline, and then you have to go surf through like 10 pages to read the entire list. It gives them all these views. That's how they get their money. And that's how writers for them get paid. And speaking of which, I am still technically a writer for What Culture. And no, I did not write this list because some of the bands I don't know enough about to actually venture this kind of thought to. Um, so the list was uh, ten, album, uh, 10 bands that have never made a bad album. Now, make a note for this um, that this is not like a top 10 list, this is a 10 list. Um, actually, there's a, there's a note in the writer's page for What Culture that says, don't write anything that says top, just write the letter or the number. Really? Yeah. Like they, like we are not a top ten thing. Well, like, that's pretty cool, though. Yeah. Like they, they, they have to, they have to, they, they put it when you go onto the main page. It says, "Don't do that." Gotcha. Stop that. Yeah. Stop it. You stop that. You stop that. Shame on you. Um, no. So this is not a top ten list. It's just ten bands out of the out of the hundreds of thousands that exist that um, have never released a bad album. Um. Now their criteria for this was you have to have four or more albums of original studio material. Um so they specifically said no raging against the machine. Yeah, which
2: because there was no cover albums, no live albums, no
1: EPs. Yes, exactly. <clears throat> um, so we're going to start with the list first and then I'm going to kind of make special mention of some of the stuff that they threw in there at the start just to kind of give our two cents about those. Um, so, number 10 uh, was Cavalera Conspiracy. I'm not as familiar with Cavalera Conspiracy. I'm not
2: familiar with them at all no. and the fact that they made it onto this list just makes it me curious. Yeah. I mean, the reason I, I kind of have been avoiding them is I just didn't want to listen to another Soulfly. Mm-hmm. If I want to listen to Soulfly, I want to listen to Soulfly. Yeah. But the way they describe these guys is that it's not Soulfly. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's more of a... Uh, what more, Sepultura used yeah, to be, yeah, you know, with a, like pretty much like probably Sepultura like right before Roots kind mm-hmm. of thing,
1: yeah. Which uh, I've already expressed my disdain about Roots. If they were to stick, if if this band sticks with the Arise era uh-huh. or even you know going all the way back to the beginning, like brutal, brutal oh uh, beneath God. the remains, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and seal Devastation um, or whatever, yeah. Uh, if they were to stick with the oh. that older sound. Morbid Visions, Beast of Liberty. That's the one. Thank you. Um, if, it, if it kind of touches on that sound, I'm okay with it because mm-hmm. I did not like Roots. I did not like the direction that early Soulfly well, and,
2: took. and some of the stuff that the latter Soulfly, the direction that the latter Soulfly took, was more of an extreme metal sound. And yeah. that's what they're kind of saying that Cavalier Conspiracy
1: is all about. Okay. That's good. Um, so that's definitely worth a listen for for myself. But again, I still have to listen to like the rest of Soulfly, latter yeah. Soulfly. Yeah. Um, so I I can't really weigh in on this one. Didn't didn't you get one of the Cavalier Conspiracy albums? I don't think so. Unless it was in the, one of the Pat Gensner box of fun. No, I don't think so. And, uh, unless I downloaded it from Skateboard. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Gotcha. So unfortunately we can't weigh in on that one at this point. Um, number nine is Tool. Ugh. I've already weighed in plenty on Tool. I don't need to say more about them. Um, I... I just don't understand the hype.
2: Well, I do. And I think that they belong on the list. I just wish... I just don't like the fact that they've been around for so long and only have four records. Five. Whatever. I think five. The first one's an EP, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's Undertow. Undertow, Anima, Lateralis, 10,000 Days. Yeah, Yeah, you're right. It's four, four four
2: records. Four full-length records. Like, they've been around for so long... And they have all this prestige, but they only have four records. That's the only gripe I have.
1: Well, that's what that's what part of the intro was saying is that like you know it's having four groundbreaking albums is better than having twenty you know mediocre
2: eh. records. Yes. Yeah.
1: So that's what they were going with that. But like it, even even when they were talking about Tool and they were talking about like uh, changing the face of music itself, I'm like I hate when people say that stuff about Tool. Like I don't think there's anything particularly special ab- about what they're doing. So I think I think that if if they were the first ones to do it, people have done it significantly better since. So I I don't understand the hype, and I probably never will because I don't care enough to try. Because I'm an asshole.
2: I was gonna say you're salty.
1: I'm an I am a salty bitch. But I it think is I would it. have
2: to I have to rec I would have to agree with the whole Tool thing. So I, you know, we've talked about my love of Tool here, especially after we saw them live a couple like two years ago, mm-hmm. and that was one of the best shows ever so
1: yeah. uh next one up number 8 was system of a down um we've gone over this a couple times um i can argue this one a little bit because i love the first two albums i don't really much care for steal this album yeah again because
2: they mentioned it it was it was leftovers from toxicity with a couple of new songs it was kind of a mixed mash of stuff yeah that was one that i got but i never really got into
1: and i wouldn't even i wouldn't even consider that part of the list honestly because of the fact that it is a lot of throwaways
2: yeah it felt it it just felt like it didn't feel like a a proper album like Mm if it it didn't feel like it had like the proper lead into Mm -hmm. it just felt like let's let's work on the momentum we have from toxicity we don't have anything new coming out. Here's something. Yeah, You know? It, it, just, didn't have, it just didn't have that feel of a real album. Mm-hmm. You know? you, you know, when, Like, when somebody released it, I was like, oh, we have a new album coming out. This one was like, oh, here's this one. Yeah.
1: And even with that, like, if you took that out of the equation, you'd still have the four albums. It still kind of counts. Yep. But even then, I don't, like, hypnotize all that much. I like four tracks out of the total 12 or 11 that's on there. I only like four. Um, so I would have to say that, like, that's not necessarily a, you know, good album. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's it's, it's decent, sub decent at at best. There, I think Mesmerize was a far superior album. I think they could have taken the four best from Hypnotize, thrown it on Mesmerize, and it could have been one solid, insanely great fucking album. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's I wouldn't I wouldn't have put them on this list in that case. So, your thought? No, no. I
2: think I'm going to have to go back and listen to Hypnotize and Mesmerize and just kind of re re-familiarize, refamiliarize myself with everything.
1: Like, from... Except for... the uh, This song, uh, this cocaine makes me feel like I'm on this song. That song, right in the middle of the album, just brings everything down for me. I just fucking hate it. <laughs> like they They have so much going for them, and then just like this, like... It's not necessarily a bad song. It's just kind of goofy and doesn't fit the rest of the tone. I'm like, get out of here. <laughs> go, go 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 back to steal this album. <laughs> you go back there. You belong there. Uh, next band up was Atheist, which I've a name I've heard forever. Mm-hmm. I know nothing of their stuff. So, again, something I can't weigh in on. Yeah, neither can I. Um I'm not sure if Pete would know them or not. Uh, There's actually one later on that we can really not say too much about, but we are, next time that Pete is here, we're going to have him talk about this. But let's get to that next. Um, So Atheist, we have little to say, but it's something that I definitely have been meaning to catch up on. Um, If anybody has any suggestions of where to start, please let us know in the comments below or, uh, you know, send us a message. Or if you just want to send me the album, send it to P.O. Box.
2: (laughs) We just want to send us CDs.
1: Yeah, like... P.O. I, I, box. You know what, dude? Like, like if we ever get a peel Box, people would send us shit. I'm
0: sure I would. I would love
1: to receive a whole lot of random shit from random bands and listen to it. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. Although, people who listen to this show regularly are probably like, dude, you guys don't listen to anything that you're supposed to anyway. Shut up. Shut up. You ass. Shut up. <laughs> 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 we didn't ask for your
2: opinion. We didn't ask for your fucking opinion, you dickhead. But um, we totally did, but... <laughs> we didn't? <laughs>
1: um, and, well, because everybody tries to send us stuff digitally, and I was like, I want a physical copy, bitch. Um, so right. number six is Death Angel.
0: Mm.
1: I can attest to that one. Oh, yeah. Um, even in their earlier days, you know, they had a... a you know, in, in the late 80s, early 90s, when the sound quality wasn't as good, they were still like a force to be reckoned with. And now, with recording as it is, and the band being as um, experienced
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: as they are, they... Our kick ass. I I really want to catch this band live one day just to see. Oh, them. you haven't? No. Oh, oh. I haven't had a chance. Trans- That's the
2: reason I got into them in the first place they because are. of seeing them live. Yeah. I
1: I got I got into them because um, way back when working oh. at Tower Records, um, Act Three, mm-hmm. which uh, if you watch the What Culture video, is one that they were talking about was like the, the breakout thing for them. Um, that was six ninety nine. Ah. And I had, that was, like, before discount.
0: Yeah. So nice. I was like,
1: okay, uh, I don't know this band, but I'm going to pick it up because it's cheap. And it ended up being a brilliant fucking purchase for mine. Mm-hmm. So.
2: I think the, the show I saw them open up was, uh, it was Death Angel and Soilwork. Ooh. Yeah. That's lovely. Yeah, that was, and then, uh, I, for, I can't remember which album was that Soilwork was touring behind. I think it was The Panic Broadcast. Mm-hmm and it was like the album just came out like that day because I remember buying it that day mm-hmm. and it was like oh this is amazing nice and it was at Webster Hall uh, yeah. yeah tiny venue tight sound amazing
1: but they're also a band uh, still back to Death Angel uh, they were a band that like you know, even now are still progressively getting better
2: yeah it's, it seems like when they mentioned in the in the videos that they took like a, that 10 year break up mm-hmm. after Act 3 until the reunion like if they were around during those ten years and they tried to adjust their sound for the times, they
1: probably would have not been as nearly as good well some but, of the some of the bands um I think all but one or two of the members did form another band and continued to to play you know similar music for a little while not not to the same quality but they weren't that they weren't death no, they weren't
2: for sure so I think that 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 break probably helped them then like to come back
1: you know stronger than ever in the time where you know metal needed it, yeah. All right, so number five on the list was Slipknot. Um, This is another one where I think the... the, I don't understand the hype train. I love Slipknot. I love Stone Sour more, actually. I don't understand why they were the phenomenon that they were. But still technically are.
2: Uh, I, I mean... I never really fell into the hype part of it. I just really liked their music, especially um, that first record, you know, but the thing is, even going further into like uh, subliminal verses, and I thought all hope is gone. It was a phenomenal record. Yeah, in the video they
1: they say that like apparently like a lot of the members of the band didn't like that album. And
2: I I actually thought that was a a, a fantastic album, mm-hmm. and even the la- the la- the latest one, uh, the Great Chapter, I think is great. I I think my my favorite thing about that partic- that band is that they started off as just one just monster project, you know, with the the masks and everything, and all hard and just kind of like in your face, and slowly but surely they progressed into a a functioning heavy rock metal band mm-hmm. you know they incorporated more elements of actual songwriting <laughs> into their into their uh, their songs you know they have like the, the video mentions they've incorporated solos and clean vocals and acoustic guitars they've become more of a well-rounded band mm-hmm. and the thing is that's not a bad thing it's actually improved their sound I think it's actually the reason that they are so big is because we talked about this a lot this they have crossover appeal. They're heavy enough for the heavy guys, they're light enough for the softer guys, and there's that middle ground right there where everyone can get together and enjoy a Slipknot song.
0: Hmm.
2: You know, there's something for everybody. And plus, you know, they look badass on stage when there's nine of them going absolutely ape shit.
0: Yeah.
1: I I don't feel like I've given enough attention to the band as far as their 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 albums go and everything. Um and I think part of it is because, like, I do like that first album, but, like, again, it's the matter of that, all that hype, I I don't see it, so it kind of turns me off to to, to trying.
2: Yeah. So, uh, like, for bands like Slipknot and Tool and Nine Inch Nails and sometimes Marilyn Manson, the, the thing to do is to ignore everything else about the band except the album itself. Yeah, Like, forget the Tool fans, mm-hmm. the pretentious bastards, <laughs> you know. Forget Major James Keenan who's also a pretentious bastard, just go in there and listen to the music and the and everything of, like, just listen to the album and enjoy it for what it is mm. without all the external stuff. Gotcha. That, that's the way you got to
1: approach bands like that. I hmm. um, found it funny, because I guess they don't... Like, smaller albums or demos and whatnot, they don't consider because they didn't mention Mates, Kill Killer Pete, which... That's probably not even, like, considered an album oh, for them. I fucking love that
2: album. I... I, I that was one of my... One of my favorite records to listen to in college. Yeah, it's a, it's a that, co- like, oh my god.
1: Like that, like I could say, like that's that's a little bit out there and oh yeah, kind of weird. And, yeah. yeah, everything uh,
2: about that mix, the the mix of sounds in that one was like, what the
1: fuck. Yeah, uh, like all, all the all the experimentation that they came to do eventually, I feel like they kind of did a precursor on that album. Yeah, so. I love that record they should re-release it like now um, I would love for that to happen that him. would be great yeah it would so and make it a double album re-record it with, with the new band yeah with yeah. Yeah, with, with, with Corey on vocals because they were like I think he could do Gently pretty well well, actually, they, well they, they, did, they they did, redo, did, they, redid they redid Gently like, on Iowa uh, what was the other one I meant Confessions which is the cover actually But and then what's the
2: one with the bass
1: do S- nothing uh, bitch slap that's the one yeah. that wow like that's, that, or the, the random funk breakdown for no yes. reason, yeah, yes. yeah. That, that kind of that kind of shit, I, I I would like to see broken out sometime soon. Yeah. Um, number four, I'm gonna let you take this one. Uh, it's Gojira. Yeah,
2: the there's nothing. Like I I don't know their first two records was like what the video kind of mentions as like their their milestones, but everything from. Ways of the Flesh all the way up to the latest record Magma is phenomenal music. And I've talked about this because they were my number one pick for that for the year and the month that they came out with that record. And was it? I thought it was two. Was it?
1: I don't remember. It was definitely on one of your lists though, I know that.
2: Yeah, it, it was It was right around the same time that like uh came out and, sto- and uh, Ashton White came out. So there's probably somewhere in there. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, the good thing about them is that they progressed in their songwriting, kind of in the same vein as uh, Slipknot and other pro- and like Opeth and Katatonia did, where they started off as this one extreme um, death metal band and they've moved on and they've incorporated different styles and changed their songwriting, and to the point where Magma is like this just opus of progressive metal where they changed their vocal styles and they changed their music. And the, the, they even mentioned in the video where they went from, like, very technical and stuff like that to kind of almost minimalist. And that transition took nothing away from the band itself. Mm-hmm. And every single that, thing that I've ever heard from them has been phenomenal. So I can't, I can't say enough about that, that band. So you probably have to go buy the first two albums. Yeah. Well, you know, if I had a reason, if I didn't have a reason, I have a reason now, and
1: there's no reason for me not to. You're welcome. <laughs> right. Um, so I'm actually going to do three and one in one shot because again these are ones that we're going to have Pete discuss next okay. time. Uh, but it's Emperor, uh, which are you know seminal black metal band, yeah. and Death, which is seminal black uh, death metal band. Yeah. Um,
2: well, Death is like I only have one of their records, mm-hmm. and it's the Sound of Perseverance, which I, I think it's the same record that I just bought for Pete yes. uh, for his birthday because just because of that album cover is <laughs> so goddamn cool. Mm but the way they talked about it that was like i think their their swan song right before chuck passed away yes and it is one of like the greatest like thrash slash death album death metal albums out there cuz of the technicality and the songwriting the structure the length of the songs the everything about that record is perfect mm-hmm. you know like i said we've talked we've actually mentioned death in the same breath in a thrash discussion because yeah. it came up on a list of the greatest thrash bands and they even the video they mentioned that like their first album is like the precursor or like the birth of death metal mm-hmm. you know and you know every everything that's come on since then has been influenced by them mm-hmm. so there's absolutely like there's n- no gaps in their catalog whatsoever that's bad mm-hmm. you know so Emperor, I have like I think one album that I've given like a one or two three listens to that i can't really speak to Mm
1: -hmm. see with with having pete around he's kind of been able to explain black metal in such a way that it does seem more engaging and having to edit a lot of the parts in our videos that he has spoken for i you can hear a lot of the for lack of a better term here the majesty that goes into the chaos yeah um and I had the first four Emperor albums really I I got them from Century Media years ago and I I sold them off oh shit out of of sheer stupidity I kind of wish I had them now because I would like to actually sit down and take a listen to them um so these are again both bands that I really need to kind of get my attention toward and get an earful I may steal Pete's record or something (laughs) It's like, happy birthday, I'm borrowing it. <laughs> punk ass. It's a ass. Homer gift. <laughs> you punk bitch. <laughs> uh, so let's go on to the last one then. Oh, this uh, is the, the two spot, whatever, it doesn't this matter. This was They're the two spot, they top, yeah. so. Um, and that's Overkill. Yeah! And, uh, absolutely. Um, the only thing I would say here, um, and they made mention of, of the, you know, some of the albums in consecutive order, and especially during the grunge time, Um Overkill has always had an underlying um, influence from Black Sabbath, and when they actually slowed things down a little bit in the '90s, they just had more of a Black Sabbath sound, mm-hmm. and they do it really fucking well. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are—they are true to their true to the. Uh, what was the stick to your Ends? Yeah. True,
2: true to their roots. To their roots.
1: To their roots as Slayer is, but their product in at this point in time is better. Yeah. Um they still sound fantastic. Um they, their, their
2: sound and their their message hasn't gone stale.
1: Yeah, it's 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 still great, catchy, aggressive. Um I just like that's I think that's the one thing that puts in my eyes, it puts overkill above a band like Slayer. Like it's it's catchy it's engaging Mm -hmm. you know you can you can play a song of theirs to somebody who you know may not necessarily like metal and they can still kind of bop their head to it not necessarily in like a like a you know like show it to all your friends kind of way but like a okay this isn't terrible pretty much anything off a white devil armory you should be able to listen to be like yeah this this is good yeah um and i'm still working my way through the box set that i have because i have a good portion of their albums leading up to uh, well I think their they're mid-career stuff the stuff that I was just talking yeah. about yeah cause um, it doesn't cover like the first four or five but it covers everything right up just before maybe Ironbound mm-hmm. um, and they're just they were a great fucking band. I mean, there's not much more I can really Especially say. Especially
2: even it. like when you consider like the latter day part of their career, like they mentioned the quadrilogy of albums. I think it was Ironborn.
1: It was Ironbound, Iron, Ironbound into Electric, Electric Age, Page, White Level Armory, Armory, and then and Grinding, grinding wheel. wheel. Which the Grinding Wheel we we did. Uh, it was our top. Two, it was one of our two or three. Or two. Somebody's it was on like somebody's top. top list for yeah. sure. And so. when I
2: saw it live, yeah,
1: it was you know fantastic. Yeah, so. That's, that's a band I'd be okay with seeing again. I saw them open up for uh, Symphony X. I would l- like to see them at a different venue. I can actually fucking hear them.
0: Well,
2: that was the problem when I saw them, too, because it was still at the Alamo City Music Hall. Yeah. So. But,
1: and even from seeing those shows, still a lot of energy, a lot of passion in the, in the performance. Yeah. So, um, 18 albums in, and you have done no wrong. In, I don't, that's, that's 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 a hell of a, of a run there yeah I don't see I don't see them that rivals like the Undertaker streak right there <laughs> well, make sure that it never becomes 21 and 1 it just becomes 22 and on so yeah there's no Brock Lesnar album coming out yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fuck that uh, um, so before Spear we... F5 oh, fuck you <laughs> Suplex City, and then and then and then two years later, Roman Reigns. Ugh. Still a disappointment. Yeah, you you were crying. I was, I was.
2: Yeah, you. Were... I still tear up when I think about it. It was like my, it was like the last coffin nail. Ha well, ha. In, in my childhood,
1: there's still speculation. So he.
2: I know. Every everything I see is there the speculation is going to be him and John Cena.
1: Well. His uh his wife's been posting pictures of him working out again, you know, after a hip replacement he's doing squats. So yeah, that's a yeah. that's a positive sign. Well,
2: yeah. So and deadlifts and everything. So yeah. he's he's doing okay. Yep.
1: Um before we close out the show, let's do a quick thing where they they mentioned um they open up the they usually open up with a little bit of the introduction to the
0: uh
1: <clears throat> uh premise of the list and first image that they show uh, pertained to Morbid Angel. Now I can't say much about Morbid Angel, either, can I. so I'm just, I'm just throwing that out there. There's, a, I guess, it's a particular album that people hate from Morbid Angel. Um, but then they did four that I'm more familiar with. So let's talk about that. Metallica, yep. Saint Anger. Let's not talk about that
2: one. Yeah, we. I think we've talked about that one.
1: Yeah, uh, just 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 cue like the the video of me with with it on fire in the yeah. uh, in the 10 words review thing. Um, Definitely not great. Definitely agree with that being on the list there. Go for it. The
2: thing is, like, you know, this was, they opened this list by saying, like, you know, some of your favorite metal bands have made some stinkers, and they've made, they made mention of Metallica, St. Anger. Yeah. And a lot of people could say pretty much, you know, everything after the Black Album. Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, even, even the Black Album, some people were like, um...
0: You know, I don't know. and uh, so
2: and like later on in their career, they kind of like tried to make their way up. where, where you know, Death Magnetic was a step in the right direction. Hardwires is an even further step, but still not the greatest. Mm-hmm. You know, so you can't say that they have not made a bad
1: record. Um. So this is the next one that they mentioned was Megadeth Risk. Um, <sighs> see, the problem there is that like, I like I like Risk but i can see why people would consider it to be bad technically it's not a good megadeth album
2: and the thing is i that's not the album i would have pointed out Eddie. super collider super It's collider, not a good megadeth is the album the fucking worst album ever i fucking hate that record okay, it's not that bad no it's fucking awful
1: <laughs> but um i i fig- in the same vein as metallica you know people may have said like everything after countdown right up until you know, maybe system has failed. Or united abominations. No, yeah, system yeah. has failed.
2: System
0: has failed came first. Yeah.
1: but like even even then, like, um, I like euthanasia. People may not have liked it as much. Yep. Cryptic writings definitely has to be polarizing.
2: Oh yeah, because it was that was their black album, at least as far as sound goes.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, like, as far as com- like commercial quality. Yeah, I would just I mean
2: their their sound. That was like, mm-hmm. that was sounded. I mean, the opening riff to trust sounds almost like. Enter Sandman, and yeah. their, their their album pacing is very much like the Black
1: Album, mm-hmm. so it felt like they were trying to emulate that sound, you know. Mm-hmm. So I feel like there's a little, uh, there's a few more holes in Megadeth's collection than specifically Risk. Yeah. So, and again, this is this is subjective, of course, but I, I, I'm sure there are some who say that Megadeth hasn't done anything right since rust in peace yeah so um then they mentioned Slayer Diabolus and Musica I don't that's know. even
2: one that Carrie King can't stand so
1: yeah I, I, I don't know it well enough to really I say. actually
2: didn't have a problem with it you know maybe if I go back and listen to it now it, in context of the whole catalog I might have issues with it but at the time I don't think it was a problem yeah I well, this is this. Is, even Carrie King mentioned that this is their album that they tried to kind of go with the sound of the music at the time, mm-hmm. and it was the wrong
1: idea. Uh, I'll have to take a close listen to it just it's probably one of the ones I'm least familiar with. Yeah, like it's it's right there and smack in the middle of everything, and I'm like, mm, whatever. <laughs> so, um, and the last one they said, which I I said. In response. They also made they also, they did mention Iron Maiden too. Oh yes, yes sorry, yes. They mentioned Iron Maiden. No Prayer for the Dying. Um. Yeah, I know a lot of people have a gripe with Somewhere in Time. You know, this is my favorite record. Um, but it's funny that they mentioned No Prayer for the Dying. They don't mention Virtual Eleven. They don't, don't mention know. like um, those never happened. Like like X Factor. <laughs> those never happened, man. <laughs> a Wizard did it. Or or yeah. even or even Fear of the Dark. I feel like. In time, Fear in the Dark has gotten some of its due credit, but No Prayer for the Dying still gets shot on. Yeah, um, which is which is a shame because there is a lot of really good stuff on there. Mm. Um, but they do mention No Prayer for the Dying, and again, like I love Iron Maiden, I can understand where people are coming from with like the drastic change. It's not as like you're you're going into this like this really good progressive direction, and then you stop and just put out No Prayer for the Dying, which has. You know, simpler mm-hmm. songs, more tongue-in-cheeks. On Holy Smoke, is a fucking joke of a song. <laughs> I love it, but it's a joke of a fucking song.
2: Well, if you want to feel how, know how we really feel about it, check out our ten-word reviews.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, even in, in that case, like you guys, you got all you guys said it was simplistic and everything. But it's like, so. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't Maiden? In- uh, I, I I liked it. So, and, and that was the sound that they were going for. They specifically wanted to do that, or somebody did um but again I can agree with the fact that it's it's different in the time for sure it's different in the grand scheme of things they're a varied band yeah and it just kind of happens to be one that people can shrug off um but I'm really surprised that they didn't say X Factor or Virtual Eleven because yeah, that's usually the one that they go to right away <laughs> I guess they were just trying to be nice or something but uh yeah um and then the last one was Black Sabbath, and they said anything in the '90s, and I re- responded with "You shut your whore mouth." Yeah, you did to an extent. Let me let me uh, let me start here with one thing. Um, can you? Uh, actually, I'm going to look it up right now. What's up? I need to know what year Tear came out. Their album Tear. All right, you're on it. I'm on it. So um, because. Black Sabbath in the 90s, as we know, was a time with uh, Tony Martin at first, and Dio came back into the band after, what was it, eight, seven or, no, eight or nine years after he left after Mob um, Rules. mm mm-hmm. um, Okay, so we start off the '90s of Black Sabbath with Tear. Knowing that Black Sabbath at this point had had not sounded like Black Sabbath of old at all, um, you have to you have to be able to go into the album knowing that that's it's not going to be what you expect. It's not going to be this 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 crazy, you know, riff heavy. Groove fest. Mm-hmm. It's it's not it's not all super blues based and jammy and everything. They they've gone far beyond. Well, not to say far beyond that. It sounded like it's surpassed or anything like that. But I feel like there's more focus on just general song structure and whatnot. So the problem is I I like the tunes that they put out in this time, but
2: wasn't Dehumanizer in the '90s too? Yeah. De- no. Well, that
1: was the picture that they showed. Oh. So so I'm like that's what I'm saying. Start off with start off with. Uh, uh, with Tear, which I feel like was one of the um, one of the best ones with Tony Martin. Had some of the best tracks had some of the best performances it got away from all the overtly satanic stuff that they were doing on Headless Cross because Tony Martin was like oh, I'm in Black Sabbath, I gotta write satanic stuff he's just like, I don't know how to do this <laughs> um, I think that Tony Martin is overwhelmingly underrated it's it's so sad because he is a fucking great singer Um but I, I think that of all the albums that he, that he did with Black Sabbath, Tear deserves uh, mention. Um, and then going into the next one that Sabbath released was Dehumanizer. Dehumanizer was a great album. Mm-hmm. It definitely doesn't touch Mob Rules or Heaven, or Heaven and Hell. Hell. Yeah. Heaven and Hell is one of the greatest fucking metal albums in the, in the history of the God- world. Yeah, yeah, all goddamn time. Um, but it does have a lot of great performances. It has a lot of great music on there. And uh, Time Machine! Time Machine. Uh, uh, obviously, Time Machine. I'm not even going to bother with that one. But um, I, mm. in particular. Um, shit, I'm trying to think of all of them. Letters from Earth. It, Sin to the Father. T- TV Crimes on
2: that TV one? TV Crimes is on that one. TV That's Crimes is a fucking great, great song. song.
1: Um, so, this a lot of brilliant material on there. And the fact that, you know, you. S- calling it a bad album for specifically showing that album in there. Like yeah, that, that's, that's rough. I, I don't... I cannot agree Especially with that.
2: Especially because they got Dio back in the band. I mean, damn.
1: If you were going to show an album there, you can put in Cross Purposes or actually, more specifically, put in Forbidden. Mm. After Dio left the band a second time, they brought back Tony Martin for Cross Purposes and the cracks were showing. Mm-hmm. Like... There was no passion to it. It's very much like you just go in there, shrug, get your paycheck. Like it was it was very phoned in. And Forbidden did it even worse. Oof. Uh it was like again, I love Tony Martin, a Love Black Sabbath, but I will admit that those two are bad albums. Like, especially Forbidden. Forbidden fucking sucks. <laughs> And it's it's funny cuz it has the only Black Sabbath song that is a duet and that is with Ice fucking tea. <laughs>
2: <laughs> all right, so now that we've covered that, are there people that were not on this list that you would put on this list?
1: I think we've mentioned several, so um and again, me being me, I'm very subjective and I tend to go all in for a lot of bands. You know, I would say I would say Iron Maiden.
0: <laughs> True.
1: So, um I'd say Psychotic Waltz. I'd say Dead Soul Tribe because Dead Soul Tribe and Psychotic Waltz kind of run in the same territory because it's fucking Devin Graves. Buddy Lackey, whatever you want to call him. Um, Arion, Iced Earth. Yeah. Ice Earth have never released a bad album. They're never going to release a bad album because they haven't changed. <laughs> you know? You may, you may not like whatever they're... Lyrical discussion is you may not like necessarily the, politi- the political side of things, you may not necessarily like the horror side of things, but either way, they're going to make great fucking music every time. You know? Um, Halloween, I don't feel has ever made a bad album. Uh, Chameleon's okay. <laughs> Chameleon's okay. Uh, Gamma Ray never made a bad album. You know? Symphony X made a sub- par album. Album. Sub- subpar album. Um, yeah, it's just. I can just rattle them off because, again, this is, this is me. I just like everything. It's like, it's, I, unless it's either no, I no, like no, wait, things.
2: Wait, wait, I was going to say, Dan doesn't like everything. He's just all in on the things he does like.
1: I, I like I, I, like things and then there's a few things that I fucking hate.
0: There's <laughs> no middle ground. There's
1: a, there's a clip I have to get from uh, from a Pachamania Mania video. Uh, I guess it's from a news article that says one in every ten people will die from excessive salt. <laughs> 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 so I need that. Um... Can you say that Seven Dust has ever released a bad album? No.
2: No. I mean, there's songs that have been not nearly as good, but the thing is, you know, they're one of those bands where their sound has not really changed that much. Mm -hmm. You know, the core of the band is still there.
1: I'm sure going through the rest of Grand Magus' catalog, there's no bad album there. You know,
2: I mean, for me personally, I'm just like you with my Opeth. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't think they've ever made a bad record. Yeah. Macedon, same thing. Mm
1: -hmm. You know? Uh, I I think there's some argument for Macedon in, in that. Some of the change that they had over time wasn't
2: like the last three records people have complained about because they've gone more i don't want to use the word mainstream, but their songs have been shorter mm. they have they've kind of shied away from the concept records that they've been doing like Leviathan and things like of that nature. The thing is it doesn't change the fact that they've been writing really good songs
1: well that's the same case with uh, with Evergrey. um following up with the inner circle into Monday Morning Apocalypse Monday Morning Apocalypse was shorter songs you know less less of this more progressive side of things they were like you know three four minutes um, a little more I don't want to say catchy because the band's pretty catchy anyway but just yeah. simpler stuff yeah um, and you know people may have had a problem with that but like Evergrey is one of those ones where I feel they, they have not made a bad album because mm-hmm. they don't they don't stray too far from the formula and that they don't want really to need to that's fine so
0: yeah so
1: I'm trying to look at all the CDs again as I always do and as everything. you do this uh, I'm sure you'd say Soil Work
2: oh yeah so. yeah I would. You know, the thing is you know the, the double album a lot of people have a, a hard time with mm. you know cause it did feel like there was an awful lot of filler in there they like, could have cut a, a bunch of songs and made one but, really amazing record
1: but even then it's like decent at, at worst at worst yes so um so yeah, I feel like a lot of the stuff that's on this list or the stuff that they mentioned early on are the obvious ones, the ones that are very glaring, the ones that everyone knows mm-hmm. at this point. Um so I'm sure there are more bands that have that one little blemish in there, but for the most part a lot of the bands, especially ones that are um that kind of rose in the last few years or are, you know, the seasoned veterans turning out, you know, better material. Um, I don't know too much about their middle material but Testament I mean I I know that they they have two albums now that they are just re-releasing from the 90s which may be because they weren't as well received I'm not sure so
2: the first five that I got in that box set are amazing and
1: then, of course from Formation of Damnation on yeah you know they've been just untouchable but there's been two albums between there that like like I said, they weren't included in that box. They were just re released. They were out of print for a while. Yeah. that may be included among what people would consider to be bad. Yeah. Um. I would say a band like Tarot. I love Tarot. You know. I was actually
2: on the verge of saying Nightwish.
1: Because I I think the, the the thing that I would say Nightwish lucked out because they started off kind of dull. I wouldn't say bad, but dull.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When they hit. Century Child, which is when Marco came in, they changed the sound a little bit up, and they got him singing, singing the male vocals and everything. That's when they came into their sound. Mm-hmm. Um, and would you say that like a band like Killswitch Engage is coming with a bad album?
2: No, I would not. I would not. See? You know, I, I would say that every one of their albums had been very good. The mm-hmm. thing is, towards the end of the Howard Jones era, it just got a little bit repetitive, mm-hmm. um, which probably. Would Fall into that like that bad category for most people. Yeah, you know, I was fine with it. I love all their music, I, was, I especially love their music. Not necessarily the vocals from Howard Jones, or like the lyrics anyway, but I know I I love every one of their records. Yeah. So, but again, just like you, when I find a band that I really like, I'm I'm balls deep in it. Yeah. So.
1: So I I feel like we can sit here and just name half the bands that we. Li- yeah, 90% of the bands we listen to and they won't have a bad album again it's a matter of subjective but there are those bands that have those grossly awful albums yeah I
2: think, I think yeah it's one of those things that are just like
1: universally known yeah bad albums so you couldn't like I, I like I, I like some of the list here but I mean you can't really you'd have to come up with like a, like a whole lot, a lot more lists man like you're not gonna cover everything and you don't try
2: well, things I like this one, I think this one was a little bit better than the, the we did a Loudwire one a while back, I think. I, I don't even remember it I, I think I do remember this one because they they specifically mentioned certain bands and, you know, they didn't put a criteria on it, so yeah. bands like Rage Against Machine were on it, even though they only have like three studio records, mm-hmm. you know, but then they did mention Opeth, they did mention Mastodon, but the thing is, Loudwire seems to be more of like, you know, what's popular now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. This This list seemed to have a little bit more of an ear to the ground for... A little uh, bit of everything. Other styles, even if they were the bigger names of those styles, Emperor and and Death and Atheist.
2: Well, the thing is, they're, they're talking about bands that kind of were the forefront of a particular. Like they mentioned that, like you know, groundbreaking records. Mm-hmm. So Death, Emperor, these bands broke ground with their with their with their catalog. Mm-hmm. So that's probably why they're on this list, and that's why they're the bigger names. While some people who came like sub- subsequently might have. Full catalogs that are great, but they weren't as groundbreaking as these other bands. Yeah.
1: So, I hope that that this discussion here has uh, have f- filled your... Uh, has satisfied your, your intrigue uh, as far as what we would think of it. Um, I There are definitely three on here that I need to get more into. Um, well, maybe four, Gojira. I'll let you do that one for me. Maybe five, Kabbalah Conspiracy. I have a lot of music to catch up on. Leave me alone, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm busy. I'm over here now. Um, But I think we're going to call it there for a podcast because it actually went on far longer than I was expecting. And um, I don't know if I have a clip. Do I have a clip? Do I have the... uh... No, I don't. I have... um... I have this. (laughs) I will not apologize. Until next time, I'm Dan Mack. And this is Chris Mack. And um... keep it heavy, folks.
0: Motherfucker? Yes! <laughs>